Hello and welcome to the Firewords podcast. My name's Dan. I'm Jen. And we are the editors of Firewords magazine. And today we're going to be talking about unexpected perspectives. And that was also the theme of issue nine of Firewords. And that is not accidental because we're going to be looking at some examples of stories that we think did a really good job of flipping things around and looking at the world from a different point of view. So perspectives, I think it was a good theme because we got lots of interesting pieces, didn't we, Jen? Yeah, um, I mean, when we look at it, we look at basically two broad camps of writers. There are those who really engage with known perspectives, keeping alive more traditional views. And then there's those who look at perspectives either from what immediately is an unexpected standpoint or what grows into an unexpected standpoint somewhere within the story development. Yeah, and just before we get into it, a word of warning, and this is going to sound a bit contradictory, but if you're thinking of writing something from a different or unusual perspective, make sure that you've got a reason behind it. You can almost tell straight away that it's done just to try and be different, and there's no real reason behind it, you know. So a couple of well-known examples from the world of literature that also do it well, but also have a good reason behind it um, that I thought of. You might think of some more, Jen. So we've got the book Room, which is from the perspective of a young child who's um, been kidnapped and locked away with his mother. And that is done for a reason because I guess it's strange to see that kind of scenario from such an innocent and... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Naive, maybe? Yeah, yeah. They don't know what's going on. And that just put a whole new twist on something that you've read about quite often you see it from a totally different way don't you yeah it like kept in that book it kind of kept an aura of mystery without trying too hard to be mysterious if because it was from that point of view you weren't given all the information you couldn't be and you were kind of learning as the character was learning yeah another one i thought of was watership down oh. on the surface of it it's just a story about rabbits from a rabbit's perspective but is it Just that, no, it's quite dark and these rabbits have got very human traits and I think the reason behind it is to make us look at ourselves in a different way. That's what I got from it anyway. (laughs) Mm. And then finally, The Book Thief, which is from the perspective of death, which is a really unusual way to look at things, but a topic like death is so often visited in literature. That was a really, I found that a really different way to look at it and it made you think about that subject really differently. So they were just some examples I thought of. I do feel like we could do a whole podcast just talking about Watership Down. Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's, should we move on to some examples from Firewoods? Yeah. Okay, so first up, let's take a look at Eurasian Makes Economy Yaki. This is perhaps, if we're going to talk about unexpected perspectives, this is perhaps the most... I was going to say blatant, but blatant sounds somehow negative, and I love this piece. Yeah. Um, but it's just m- more um, straightforward. Like, you've, whenever you think of unexpected perspectives, you'd pick this one out of the lineup and say, yep, yeah, that does it. <laughs> yeah, because the perspective is from a pancake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, before we go on, we should probably say there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this episode. So, if you haven't read these stories that we're going to be talking about, we recommend you do so. 
um, because we'll be ruining them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So either read issue nine before listening to the rest of this podcast. Um, if you don't have your copy yet, it's at www.firewords.co.uk forward slash nine. So, and just another brief, just if you don't know, Economiyaki is basically a Japanese pancake. It's so much more than that. But <laughs> yeah. The Eurasian is making the pancake and the pancake starts talking to him. But it, it's a very short piece. It goes on one page. But by the end, this pancake is like a friend. It's like it's a little character of its own and it's beautiful. I've got a a quote here that I particularly like. It's when the pancake flopped back down with a thigh. I thought that was, obviously there's personification from the moment the pancake starts talking, but it was very human. And when I pictured something just flopping back down with a thigh, I just pictured an exasperated friend. Yeah. Like it was, that was for the idea of like how a friend would act. Yeah. What I love about this one as well is that it it kind of calls it out. It almost, you know, it, it says, I think there's a line in it actually, let me see. Yeah, there's a line, nobody would feel good about foisting a crisis of identity onto a pancake. So that's the author basically calling out what he's doing and the reason he's doing it. And I love that. It's almost, there's a confidence to it, isn't there? Like not waiting, just trying to be as subtle as you can to see if the reader picks up on this deep meaning. It's like, this is the reason for it and I'm just going to lay it out there and I just like that. Yeah. I think like the personification of the Okonomiyaki then says a lot about the narrator, the person who's making it or imagining it talking. It's showing his loneliness. So it's kind of like by making the pancake at the forefront, it almost then takes the pancake out of it because it's showing that if this pancake, I'm just kind of going back here to the idea of him being a friend mm-hmm. um, if he's got this like really good friend and the pancake is like what's he what's missing from his life and it's kind of the themes of being a bit in between two worlds that runs throughout it it's like this narrator's in between two worlds he's got this ally in the pancake but he is maybe quite lonely yeah um i think the smile's a good example as well should we move on to that yeah now We've spoken about this piece quite a lot. We did it in the editor's commentary. That's where we talk about all the pieces in depth, a lot more in depth than this and why we chose them and fun stuff like that. So give that a listen if you fancy it. So the smile is a great example of a theme that we get very often, which is somebody dying or death, but it does it in a way that made it feel really fresh. And part of that was the perspective that it came from. And this is an example of um, the narrator actually being something unexpected. Yep, because... <laughs> morning, Jen. <laughs> yeah, we must say that it is before eight o'clock in the morning and that's not when I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> the standpoint is of the person who's dying and it's like really, it's not just... It's, it's like, not just that either. It's, it's like just that. in a coma almost. It's like non-responsive person Mm -hmm. but you can actually hear their thoughts and they can hear everybody else so that's a really unusual way to to look at it isn't it yeah but and also it's got the character's history of the time when he's been in this coma but then his family are around him so you're getting a real sense of who this person is Mm. even though he's just lying there not saying anything Mm. (laughs) um i've just realized we've not been saying who's writing these pieces so just um 
The Eurasian Makes Economy Aki was by L.P. Lee, and The Smile is by Ruth Edgett. Yeah, so you've you kind of got his backstory at all levels, his backstory with his family, and then since being in the hospital, and it's like the kind of unusual perspective he has is this like desperate want to die, but it's not done in a morbid, horrible way. It's like the kind of final goal and the final sense of achievement. You're almost rooting for him to die because I think the illustrator, again, not to consider illustrations of fire words too much, but the illustration for this piece was just spot on because it was showing somebody kind of walking to shore from like a rough sea. And the rough sea was life and then the kind of like peaceful shore where you could have a good standard of existence for for the character was death. And it was just like, again, if you're going to write a piece like that, it could be very hit or miss. But when you get it right, it was just yeah. very, it was very emotive for the reader. Like, and when you're sitting, kind of maybe reading submissions for like a submission round of firewords, and there's a lot of things coming round, it really stood apart from anything else. Yeah, that's the thing about it. It is so emotive, and this topic, the problem with it, stories about death, is because they so often try and force you to feel something, whereas this puts you in the mind of the character. And you really empathise with him and feel what he's going through. His tone and attitude is not what you'd expect from someone dying, which I think is the most surprising thing, which makes you really think about what he's going through. And because he's such a layered and believable character, you really you really do root for him, like you said. Mm. I think it's also like everything about this person's perspective adds to the character because it's like having these ideas but being unable to express them like if this was somebody who was very very sick and they could sit down and tell their family what they were feeling and the family just wouldn't understand it would be different but what we've got here is a family that you feel would be really understanding really open-minded like it's kind of a network of brothers and sisters like around the bedside but what's important is that he cannot express what he wants to. It's all going in his head. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have a short piece um, which appeared in our flash fiction section. And this one was the story of Veronica. And this was written by Suzanne Sample. So first off the bat, this is written in the second person perspective, which in itself is quite tricky to get right because it's hit and miss with that perspective to make an effective story but this really works but also it's got more to it than that doesn't it yeah it keeps switching so basically it's from the point of view of a girlfriend talking about well one character talking about her girlfriend but her girlfriend keeps kind of almost like switching between whether she's talking about the girlfriend or the girlfriend's sister that's a mouthful to say. Did that make sense? Sorry, folks. It makes sense if you've read it. <laughs> yeah. The narrator talking about her girlfriend, but then comparing the girlfriend to the girlfriend's dead sister. Um, and one is kind of a negative character, one's a very positive character, and making this comparison. That's a better way of explaining it, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite confusing for the reader, but in a good way. Like, it's intentional and it's... It's done that way to make you think about these characters and to actually get inside their lives. And I think that's the reason it's in second person as well, because it makes you think, like, how are they and why are they like this? 
I think as well, like, the narrator herself is a regular girl. Um, she's very identifiable. The way she's thinking is very identifiable. And her narration and perspective about which sister is real and which is imagined switches so much that by the end, as a reader, we don't really know which one's real. Yeah. It's really powerful. Mm-hmm. It kind of, at the end, it leaves you thinking and you just wish for her. You want her to be happy. She's a lovely narrator and you're just like, well, I hope she's with the nice sister. But <laughs> how do you know? Yeah, it's another example of how much can be achieved. And Well, our flash fiction section are all under 400 words, so this manages to do a lot mm. by using that, those clever perspectives. And I'm sure many of us have been in situations where we would like to make our lover a better version of themselves. So I'm sure it's something we can all identify with. But seeing that... It's identifiable, but unexpected. So Yeah. I hope you're not talking about yourself there, Jen. <laughs> right at this moment. <laughs> Tweet us with your thoughts and Dan's split personality. Oh my God. <laughs> Some things I just hope I get away with. Right. Do we have time to look at one more? For sure. Yes, we've been talking about stories that are surprising quite often, and this is another one. Napoleon misses an opportunity at Waterloo by Craig Cormick and I think that's the beauty of this one you're expecting something when you start reading it and then the perspective switches and you get something totally different and I think readers love to be surprised like that I know I do so I think that's why this one works and it's not the narration or um, the point of view that switches the perspective is you're reading about a historical situation and then suddenly it switches to a more modern one um, that's really humorous yeah so by doing that it's really punchy because we think we're in one era and then it's suddenly changing to modern times. And because of that, it makes a statement about the problems that people have today and how they conduct themselves. Again, you'll identify with it when you read it and you'll all know people like Napoleon, which I never thought I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, that's what the writer here does. Like, kind of, he makes Napoleon of all these, like, really human characteristics that he'd never have then. He'd never be able to demonstrate these characteristics because the technology wasn't around to do that then. But by embedding modern life in it, mm-hmm. it just makes you think, oh, Napoleon, 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 Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> he may have been like that. He just didn't have the, the means to express means, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's some examples of perspectives done well. And just to go back to the warning I gave at the start, All these pieces have done this for a reason and the writers intentionally switched up the perspective um, with a goal in mind. So if you're experimenting with that and you're just having fun, go ahead and do any perspective, but try and think about the reason behind it and then you'll end up with a really impactful piece. Yeah, so we've just been focusing on unexpected perspectives today. There's much more out there. Have fun and enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We're going to go and work away on a little project that we're hoping to launch Mm -hmm. soon, aren't we? Yeah. We've been working on the Firewords community that we've spoken about a fair bit before. We're going to be launching that hopefully in the next couple of months. So watch this space because it's going to be a great place to meet other writers and get feedback on your work. All that stuff that's important to make your writing better. If your friends don't, just don't get it, like you want feedback and the best will in the world will just look at it and think, oh yeah, that's really good. (laughs) Sometimes you need a bit more than that. So watch out for that um, because it'll be coming soon. Yep, so we're very excited about it. And as for the podcast, see you next time. 
Oh, we won't see you at all. We won't even hear you. <laughs> you always say that. <laughs> see you next time. We won't see you next time. Yep, so either go and read this before listening to the podcast or... It's a bit late now. <laughs> you can insert it. All right. Well, it's I thought you were doing it at the end. <laughs>